0: it's a rainy night in Texas, we are uh, thinking about rambling, we've been listening to some uh, uh, Diesel, and this is Lennox in the Ham Shack. Hello everybody, my name is Richard, KB5JBV, king of the rambling podcasters, and I would like to introduce you to my partner in crime, way up in between the Booby Mountains, up, up in the Northland of Arkansas. Russ, K-5-T-U-X. Say hello to everybody, Russ.
1: Well, good evening to all of our podcast listeners. This is Russ from Between the Peaks in the Pine Forest of north central Arkansas. You know, it's actually a really nice night here tonight. It got up to 60 degrees, not bad for January 24th, 2012. It's a beautiful night, still 46 degrees and a beautiful starry night. Just a perfect evening to record episode number 72 of Linux in the Ham Shack. So I guess you said it was cold down there? Is that what you said? No,
0: it's raining.
1: Oh, it's rain. Not rain. Yeah, it's not cold. It's probably what 75.
0: Uh looking at the old thermometer on the desk, it is 54 degrees at this time in Terrell, Texas. Well, that's not rain.
1: Yeah, not too shabby either. Nope, okay. nope, nope. Yeah, we we haven't had a hint of rain. Well, I mean, it's rained every couple of weeks but it never lasts so everything's really really dry and brown and scraggly around here
0: that's right we were under fire warning two days ago three days ago it was like 75 in the afternoon and down in the low 40s that night so welcome to winter in texas winter in texas it's a beautiful time all the leaves have kind of Turn different colors and falling off the trees, except for the cedars. We have a lot of cedars and pines here in this part of the world. You sit back and you start looking around you. I myself have been following the migration of the hobos out of Dallas. They always migrate this time of year. They tend, and I don't know what they're thinking because they always head for Louisiana. They always head that direction. If I was looking for a place where there was a, a, a better soft touch, I would not head for Louisiana. <laughs> no, but in fact, I have my own plan. If I ever find myself a hobo, which have I've come closer than you think more, more than once and not too terribly long ago. And, uh, I have figured I sat and put some thought to it. And I said, if I, if I was going to be involved in the hobo migration, I would migrate in the summertime because I could. Sure enough, find a a culvert or something to sleep in during the day, and it's way cooler with the sun not beating down on you and stuff. But these guys out migrating in the rain and the cold and everything else, you get to wondering what they're thinking. Apparently, their union has not issued a pamphlet on migration, getting from one place to the other. I'm not sure what's going on with that. But the the great homo, the great... Let's try that again. Take
1: two. Everyone, welcome to Mexican American Relations 101. Um, <laughs> I said homo, not, not Mexican. Homos? You mean, yeah, okay. <clears throat> Take three.
0: Yes, the great hobo migration is on down here in the state of Texas. So, uh, any of y'all that are interested in, uh, in wildlife, uh, y'all come on down, and check it out. In fact, we got, we got into and this is one of them tangents. Damn it.
1: Do any of these uh, hobos use like- Linux? Cause if they don't, this isn't really relevant. Excuse me. Do any of these hobos use Linux? Cause if they don't, it's not really relevant. Russ, how are they going to charge their laptop? You know, hobos tend to be resourceful. They could hook up some sort of solar cell kind of arrangement to a portable device. So I
0: guess the wildlife I was fixing to talk about not relevant either.
1: Whatever you say.
0: oh my god this is spinning out of control exponentially exponentially
1: that's like a 13 letter word very good
0: yeah I try actually I have a very extensive vocabulary it's just I'm not allowed to look I I can't even use it with my stepson I have to talk to his wife if I want to use big words because she's been to college okay so what we got up this week Chris?
1: (laughs) Oh, we got some stuff.
0: Let's see. Mitt Romney is a douchebag. That's good. That's really good.
1: Okay. Well, yeah, we'll go ahead and start with that one. I We found out, well, I'm sure anybody who's a ham radio operator who listens to this show, who has anything to do with the internet has already heard this story. I know you've heard this story. Uh Uh-huh. And there's a lot of details flying around about the story, but basically Mitt Romney a few years ago, six years ago to be exact, was in a conversation or an interview with a television reporter from Massachusetts, from the Boston area, which is interesting because I know exactly who she is because I used to watch her news reports all the time because that's where I live. She interviewed Mitt Romney about something or the other, and they were talking about MCOM and stuff like that. And he basically said he didn't need to deal with ham radio operators, and the tone of his answer was that we were all kind of, idiot know nothings and you know when it comes to communication we we are irrelevant to the system and he basically came off like a douchebag now this was a few years ago and he's since you know retracted his statements or his position and it recently resurfaced that's why it became a story again a few ham radio operators got wind of it and it circulated around google plus and other places I just wanted to reiterate that once upon a time, Mitt Romney was a douchebag. His position probably really hasn't changed because people don't really change. So if you haven't heard about this, there's the story. We'll put a link to a couple of the things that mention it, uh, maybe on Google Plus or somewhere out there on the internet. But basically, if you search for Mitt Romney Disses Ham Radio, you'll find out all about it. And that's all I'm saying about that.
0: See, that's the thing. He needs to like, uh, catch up with his FEMA people. FEMA people. Katrina was seven years ago. Andrew was 20 years ago. He needs to catch up. We don't like him very much.
1: Well, the thing of it is, even if you're not particularly interested or familiar with the amateur radio program and emergency communications, why would you diss any part of your constituency?
0: Well, that's the truth. And, uh, the whole point is that we're in the plan. We are in, we are written in most place, at least most places around here. We're written into the emergency plan for every county, the state, everything. We are, we are, uh, specifically mentioned in the ICA or, uh, ICS. Yeah the i c s paperwork we have our own spot in there, the national response plan also I believe mike's mention of us i'm not i'm not all the way through that one yet, but uh that's the deal. Why would he want to irritate seven hundred and thousand plus voters? Well, maybe they're not all voters, some of them could be children. they would probably vote for him.
1: I imagine a large percentage of the ham radio population are of voting age and registered voters, however.
0: That's right. Cause most of the kids can't afford a handheld. So they don't even want to get into it. Only handheld they're interested in is that one that they got uh, that wearing the they wearing their fingers out on or got, got the headphones in, or anything else. Anyway, Mitt Romney, you're a dick. No, so,
1: he's a douchebag. Okay. <laughs>
0: got to worry about somebody got a, got, uh, some kind of nickname that they go by as their first name when they're running for office. Yeah. I I personally think we ought to vote for RuPaul.
1: RuPaul. Yeah, I think, I think you're right.
0: RuPaul for president and first lady at the same time. Hey, that works. RuPaul. In fact, he's more ladylike than a lot of ladies. I know you could save a hundred
1: thousand dollars on dishes at the white house. That way.
0: And there you have it. Well, you'd get reinvested in wigs or something.
1: <laughs> Thursday night drag shows on the, you know, in the oval office.
0: <laughs> Boy, wouldn't that cause a stir at the UN. Uh, oh. <laughs> all right. All
1: right. So so, <laughs> okay. so, so we want to rip on Larry Bushy.
0: Yeah. Well, let, let's talk about Larry a minute. Larry doesn't love us anymore. He used to be, our friend i'm heartbroken over this no actually i'm joking. they were just uh, uh saying something over on that show he was introducing his new ham radio operator friend which is why he never emails me anymore and um i'm jealous i'm jealous and uh, they say we ramble too much
1: yeah i'm a little jealous too but i would like to point out to larry that He apparently listens to us, and we apparently listen to him. So we know what the hell you're doing. That's right. We know what you're doing, and we know what you're saying, and you can't get away with it. So if you're all wondering what we're talking about, this is the conversation that went on Going Linux, episode number 160, where Larry was introducing Bill, his temporary co-host, while Tom was out sick with the flu or some such. Let's, Uh, yes, let's listen in to going Linux. Um,
2: hey, I understand you're an amateur radio operator as well.
0: Uh, I am. Um, one of the things I like about Linux, it has a lot of software, um, for amateur radio, uh, from logging software to, uh, teaching you how to, uh, teaching you the code. So it's pretty cool.
2: Yeah. Hey, um, do you listen to Linux in the Ham Shack? We're very familiar with that uh, Linux podcast, and we like that a lot. Those guys over there are great. Yeah, but sometimes they go on a tangent and they... Sometimes. About <laughs> I was being nice. <laughs> it,
0: it really is a fun uh, podcast to listen to, but... Um yeah i I don't listen to them very much. I have so many podcasts right now. it's kind of hard to get <laughs> every time one comes up but yeah every once in a while I, I put it on the m p three
2: player and listen to it yeah i I know what you mean. I have a lot of podcasts that I listen to, and I have gotten to the point where I have to weed out some some that I really like listening to, but there are others that I want to listen to more so i've taken them off of my g Potter feed and I miss them, but I just don't have time.
1: So I guess we're going to find out in the next episode or two of going Linux, whether Linux in the ham shack is one of those, which has been weeded out of Larry Bushy's podcast rotation.
0: No, I doubt that. And Larry, it's all in good fun, man. Uh i tell you the truth. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we do ramble, but that's okay because this show has a different character than other shows. Uh, I was telling Russ before we got started this evening, it, it's less straightforward than the other show I was doing, but we have a lot of fun, and apparently everybody likes that. And hey, y'all go on over to uh, whatever the hell it's called. Going Linux. Y'all go on over to Go <laughs> <laughs> and uh and check out larry's show he's got a really good show um i'm kind of concerned that they never can get that skype issue fixed but uh apparently they apparently they're working on that apparently they're working on that and um
1: oh by the way richard I, have you well, uh do you ever listen to that show going linux well yes you do well i kind of listen to it too but you know sometimes they just kind of ramble and i and uh you know oh now that
0: wasn't that <laughs> i was Uh, just gonna i was just gonna say you know uh y'all tell tom i hope he feels better because like y'all y'all are buddies over there
1: yeah i know i really do like the going linux podcast and i do i do really like the straightforward way that they present stuff you you know it's it's a lot like um what's his name out there in colorado jerry Uh, gary yeah jerry and going linux both pro present things in a very methodical and straightforward way. So if you're looking for the hardcore information without a lot of fluff and rambling, like you get over here, you definitely should check out, you know, the practical amateur radio podcast and going Linux. Uh, we, we, you know, and we wouldn't, we wouldn't riff on them if we didn't like them. I
0: haven't picked on Larry in a long time. I haven't picked on Jerry either, but that's the deal. See, if you guys are out there doing the straightforward nuts and bolts, taking care of business kind of thing that gives us more time to screw off. Something like that. Uh, That's right. It's infotainment infotainment. Right.
1: So I think we've screwed off enough for the beginning of this episode. Why don't we take a music break and come back with some actual information?
0: We're not building college courses here. We are are doing fine art, fine art.
1: That's true. This This is kind of an amalgam. Like you said, it's infotainment.
0: I think we should dump her in the bay. (laughs) We'll be right back. You speak okay kids and we are back we are back i think um i'm back i'm back too. russ is back too. russ is back to what can we ramble about let's ramble about some some stuff badgers and chickens
1: well we actually we do have some badgers in the feedback section but luckily since i did a lot of talking over the last two episodes you get a chance to ramble a little bit this time you did i did actually when you when you know, when those of us who have listened to episode 70, um, which I realize you haven't because it hasn't come out yet as of this recording, you will see that I talked a great deal in episode number 70. Really? I did.
0: Well, I don't know. I, the Linux and the ham shacks were well, those I've weeded out of my G-Potter.
1: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well... <clears throat> To tell you the Larry's truth, going to
0: think we're really mad i <laughs> well, mad at you, <laughs> uh,
1: To tell you the truth, I've weeded it out of mine too. I don't just don't have time for it anymore. <laughs>
0: oh, I listen to it every once in a while just to make sure we don't sound too bad. <laughs> yeah. oh, just to have to make God.
1: sure we're still recording because I usually don't remember the actual evening.
0: Yeah, there you have it. <laughs> while I'm thinking about it, let me tell you about this hawk is his giant hawk at it no let's not do that
1: no let's let's talk about minicom and uh terminal emulation programs how about that he's big
0: enough to carry off small children seriously six feet wingspan at least
1: hell pterodactyl hawk some kind of hawk oh some kind of hawk well you've graduated from sheep to goats to hawks so
0: but he's outside so i'm not
1: afraid actually did the hawk carry off all the sheep i don't know i had him locked outside and now they're gone I don't know. If you don't have any sheep and goats anymore, you might want to look out. I
0: received an invitation in mail to a wedding.
1: All right, Good. folks. Minicom.
0: No, we got started at <laughs> the beginning. All right. Start don't the jump beginning. in in the middle. All man. right.
1: All right. All right. All right. This is your this is your de- debutante ball, so go for it. Have I rambled long enough? Yes, you have. I see. Even I'm getting bored, so go. <laughs> you get bored easy. I know. I do.
0: Oh, Okay. So here we go, kids. We may have talked about this before. I don't recall for sure. However, yeah, I was running down the road the other day uh, being chased by the police and, um, I got to thinking to myself, self, what if these guys actually want to run packet on their controllers using Linux? Uh, there's not any really good. Well, I can't say that easy to use packet software for just terminal to terminal communications over there communicating with the TNC itself that kind of stuff packet works pretty well on or really well on linux but it does take a little bit of setting up now in the case of all these controllers in fact even the ones that are built into some of the some of the radios like those Kenwoods you can access them and operate them in a regular TNC mode. But how do you get there? That's uh, that's the thing. And a lot of guys nowadays don't even remember when we had uh, landline bulletin boards or you had to call into your job using a modem and a phone line and all this other stuff. But uh, some of us old codgers do. The thing you find out is that all these TNCs, it doesn't matter if it's Kentronic's and MFJ, uh, uh, well, it's not AEA anymore. Now it's Time Wave. Any of these controllers, you can access them with a regular old serial terminal program like we used to use on the phone lines. So let's talk about that a little bit tonight. The reason for talking to those TNCs is a lot of them have special fe- features, you can adjust settings in them. Most of them, not all of them, but most of them have some sort of mailbox, mail drop software so that people can leave you messages, that kind of stuff. Uh there are even some mo the most specifically the Cantronics have built-in node software. A node being kind of like a repeater, but the nodes can talk to each other and set up connection paths and all this stuff. It's, it, we're not here to talk about TNCs tonight, but there's extra stuff. There's a lot of stuff you can do, plus the fact if you are setting up WinLink or APRS or you know some of the other stuff that goes along with operating packet radio on Linux then you need to be able to get in there at the very least to be able to set your your baud rates and put your uh TNC into either host mode or KISS mode. In the case of one of mine, I think it's got four different KISS modes, so you have to kind of be able to go in there and tell it what to do. You can set files up to do this stuff for you, but at the very least, you need to be able to initialize the modem Well, let's just put it this way. Unless you are really heavy into Linux, what are you playing back there? If I'm talking, um, my mistake, silly man, silly, silly man, carry on. I thought I was,
1: (laughs) (laughs) I was looking something up and I had no idea that the page actually had audio on it. I apologize. I see.
0: Okay, so at the very least, you need to get in there and initialize it. Unless you are just a super super Linux geek, it, it's easier to just use a piece of terminal software. So first of all, we have a, have something that you, if you go into terminal, we can uh, take a look at. It's a command called set serial. It took us a long time to get around to that, didn't it? And set serial is like the most basic thing. You can go in set serial port parameters and stuff like that, this will assist you in talking to these controllers. They don't necessarily have to be packet controllers. They can be controllers for other things. But uh, this will give you your basic serial setup. Now, the next step up is like we were talking about earlier, an actual terminal program. The next step up is Minicom. Now, Minicom is very much like the one we'll talk about next, except it is very, very basic.
1: Can I interject and say that minicom is not really that basic? I mean when it comes to terminal emulators, it's really it's not gooey, but it's not basic.
0: Maybe it is microcom I'm talking about. Okay. Microcom. Replace the word minicom for microcom. Anywhere in this podcast. I'm typing and talking at the same time, y'all. That's that's what the problem is. I think we understand. It, try it that way. Anyway, microcom is very, very basic. I said micro that time, didn't I? Yes, you did. In fact, uh, it you, uh, the basic setup for it is uh, mostly switches when you start the program itself. There's a way to get into the menu, the actual menu for the thing. I have not been able to accomplish that yet. Of course, I never have really used or uh, microcom, so y'all might want to... Uh, Spend some time getting to know your man page. Take your man page to dinner, play some nice music, and get to know it. Okay. So now we're going to talk about Minicom because duh.
1: <laughs> well, I'm actually looking at Microcom because now that you've brought it up, it's something that I had never really heard of. Uh huh. It's a terminal based program, it's not curses based, there's no scroll back. There's no advanced features of any kind and basically the only way you can configure or do anything in Minicom once you connect to it by typing, or I'm sorry, microcom, by typing the microcom command is to use the control backslash command. If you use control backslash, that gets you into the menu system and it's pretty straightforward from there. It basically says if you want to configure your terminal, you press T. If you want to quit, you press Q. You know, stuff like that. But it's a very, very simple interaction with whatever terminal device you're connected to. So this is basically, like you said, one step up from set serial, which is basically throwing raw commands across a serial port.
2: Uh-huh.
1: Microcom is probably not going to be user-friendly or particularly usable for anybody. But the next step up from that is a very usable program, and that's Minicom. And that's what Rich is going to outline for everybody now.
0: See, I told you I like to make him talk. Make your checks payable to KB5JBV at gmail.com. And you just forward okay. those on
1: to me. <laughs>
0: no, we had a bet I could make you talk. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the one that I have the most experience with is Minicom. Uh, Minicom is, as I said before, one of these, uh, old telephone, uh, programs, um, one of these old terminal programs that we used to use with telephone modems. And, uh, I use it for setting up my TNCs and stuff like that. If I wanted to, uh, go ahead and operate my TNC in command mode and, um, have connect around the system in the area, different, uh, nodes and, mailboxes and stuff like that i would also use minicom best thing to do is go ahead and any of this stuff can be installed through the package manager through apt just any of it because um, actually i went to synaptic to find these so that i could talk about them this evening so minicom the uh, if you try to start minicom without the uh Dash S switch, it will show you an error that says TTY. I think it's eight unavailable. Well, you got to go set the parameters, set stuff up. So, uh, if you type minicom space dash S, put the S switch in there and hit return, it'll take you to a configuration screen. Now, once you're in the configuration screen, there's stuff in there you can change around, mess with, but, uh, Chances are all you really interested in, since I can't even talk this day for some reason, uh, all you will probably really be interested in is the uh, serial port settings. Now, in my case, I would go in there, and all you have to do is hit the uh, letter next to the parameter you want to change, and I would go in, and change serial device to TTYS zero for my serial port. I've got another machine that has three serial ports on it, but for the most part, the one I got running packet is serial port one. So TTYS zero, because we know that Linux doesn't understand that numbers start with one. <laughs> and then you'd want to scroll down to set the, uh, the, uh, baud rate parity and bit which would be uh, an E, and you want to go ahead and change that to whatever you need. My, I run mine 96, 96 8, nine and 1.
1: It's probably so, worth mentioning that most terminal emulation on ham radio devices or really any device out there, even though it's a really, really slow speed and a slow parity and all that stuff, pretty much if you set your minicom to 9600 8N1, it's gonna work. Well, yeah,
0: especially on those that autobog. Now, some of the MFJ controllers. Now, some of those on MF, some of the MFJ c- controllers, the uh, baud rate is set by dip switches on the back. Of course, those are really old ones. I don't know if they're still that way. In fact, I don't think MFJ still makes a P, uh, TNC. I may be wrong, but on those older ones, the uh, all that stuff set by dip switches. So you have to find out what the dip, dip switches are set for and set your terminal to that. But in the case of, uh, others that auto baud like the PK232, the PK88, the KPC3, that kind of stuff. Once you have, if you set the uh, baud rate to 9600, when you turn it on, once you're, and we'll get to that in a minute. But when you turn it on, it'll give you a a a sign-on message and you hit the asterisk uh, two or three times and it will pick up what baud rate is coming down the line and life will be good. Of course, if you get the parody and the uh, the stop bit out of whack, then you're in for an afternoon of ham radio fun. (laughs) I've spent more time doing that mess than anything else. So we got our baud rate set and everything, and we've got the period serial port set up. If it allows you to, and for some reason right now it won't let me. There's a couple ways to save it. You can set it up as save it as a file, save your uh, setup as a file of your own naming, or as a DFL,
1: whatever um, that is. That's the default for okay. your terminal, but. One thing I would point out is that in every case where I've ever set up minicom for the first time, you have to run it as root, or you have to run it under sudo or under su, because Uh if you don't, you're not able to write the configuration file because it writes it into the slash etc slash minicom directory, which is only writable by root. But once you do that, once you actually save the default configuration file, then you can... Uh, start it up and run it as anybody
0: and see i knew we kept him around for something (laughs) (laughs) i'll go back into my hole now so when you run the setup run it as root okay (laughs) so once you've got all that in you've got it saved and you hit return it'll say initializing modem well that don't concern us much because unless you are like in the land that time forgot you're not using a telephone modem So don't worry about that. So when you get the main screen, it'll say, welcome to Minicom. The version I'm running right now is 2.4. That's what was in the repositories when I put it on there when I was setting up Winlink Gateway a while back. It gives you some other information, what port it's uh, pointing at and all that good stuff. And the great thing about Minicom is is that Control-A-Z will get you to the command summary screen. Which will give you an idea of what kind of, what the uh, commands are for different stuffs in case you have to go in and change the configuration again and all this other good stuff. There's a whole lot of stuff in there you may never use because, like I said, the good old days of BBS is, is gone. All right. So once you're there, simple enough, you reach over, you hit the power switch on the back of the TNC. If you have one that auto bauds it. It'll throw a bunch of garbage across your screen. You hit the asterisk asterisk a few times, and it'll give you the sign-on message. Firmware, all that good crap.
1: I would okay. like... May I interject? I guess so. I'm sorry to keep breaking your concentration. No, go ahead. One thing that I found invaluable when using Minicom is the Control-A-W command. Because if you're using or if you're connected to some device which spits out a lot of data... By default, Minicom will chuck everything from a line of text that's longer than 80 characters, and you won't see it on your screen. But if you hit Control-A and W, it will turn the line wrap on, which means any line that's longer than 80 characters will be wrapped and shown on your screen, as opposed to just thrown away. And this will be very useful if you're wondering where 90% of your output is going, because you're getting a lot of data back that's longer than 80 characters at a time. So just remember control a w
0: that make your screen really big and make the, make the letters really big too. Change font, make it two inch letters. That's the way I roll. Yeah, buddy. Cause I'm blind. <laughs> you would have to open. wear your glasses. <laughs> there you have it. Yes. In fact, some things I have to put glasses on top of glasses. I had to do that to see the numbers on the front of my, my router, not the numbers on the back, the numbers on the front. All right. So <laughs> <laughs> last word on Minicom. Uh, you can install it by using app get Minicom or Synaptic. I had didn't check in the, uh, this thing that Ubuntu gives us nowadays to try and install software. Cause there's so much stuff that doesn't show up in there. So uh, I didn't even try it that way. But I'm sure that if it's not in there, you can figure out how to make it show up. Sometimes it's just easier to go into a terminal and type app, get install, whatever you're after. Okay. So hit the control A and then go over to the the thing in the Bob and the how and hit X. And it'll ask you if you want to leave, you hit yes, you're out of there. Now, understand that these program, this program, Minicom, about the only thing I really use it for anymore is initializing my TNCs and putting them into KISS mode. Because the software I run runs KISS and NetROM and other stuff that is just, it's all machine to machine so that I don't have to fool with it. So. Having uh, finished off uh, Minicom, let us move to GTK Com or GTK Term. GTK Term. Now, it was working for me before. Okay, Uh GTK Term looks like a terminal, <laughs> but it turns out that it is actually a uh, a program that runs in the GUI on the desktop, and you do have a set of stuff where you can go in, change configurations, set up the ports. And one of the things I like about this, and I haven't used it yet, but I'm going to give it a shot, is like the configuration screen, when you open it up, it gives you drop-downs for serial ports, feeds, parity, flow control, the whole, whole nine yards. You can... Uh, Change the font size, font colors, the the background on the screen. You can change this stuff. It's it's a little bit better for those of you who are going to be spending a lot of time in a terminal like this. It doesn't seem to have as many features overall as Minicom, but it has the advantage of when you install it, it shows up in the application menu under. uh Well, in Ubuntu, it shows up under accessories and it shows up as serial port terminal. I'm looking forward to actually attempting to use this, getting in there, playing with TNC a little bit with it. Like I said, this does have the benefit that it does go into the menu. You don't have to go hunting for it. I've been using Minicom long enough that I just install it when I install uh, Linux on a machine and Russ has been using it even longer, but you can, uh, look at it the way, you know what? A lot of this stuff really doesn't make a whole hill of beans because the majority of the stuff you're going to be doing with the TNC is going to be, uh, through the software that's installed on the TNC and not necessarily the terminal program. You just need to be able to talk to it. Okay. has a pretty nice looking interface and it gives you easy access to the port settings now as far as the what is that software center they give us i don't know if you can get it installed that way i do know it installed without any problems via synaptic or i may install i don't even remember if i installed it via synaptic or uh, via apt either way it went in i fired it up it came up like it was supposed to no problems whatsoever So. That's our little short thing on uh, terminal programs. I don't know how long I've been talking. I'm not really sure if I have been talking. Possibly I've been rambling. We don't know, but we will find out. We will find out. We will take a poll or a check or something. Well, I think,
1: you, I think you did huh? just find myself.
0: You see, Russ has faith in me. Russ has faith in me. You ready to, I think he does. He tries. He's positive. He's positive about it.
1: <laughs> One thing I will say is that um, I was a little confused. You, you mentioned it, and I was going to bring it up if you didn't. But the fact that when you install GTK Term, it shows up as the serial port manager or whatever it is, serial port. Uh,
0: what it shows up, it, it shows Ser- up in the under applications, accessories. Cereal it port shows terminal. up as serial port terminal.
1: Yeah, it took me a while to find it too. I'm using Linux Mint Debian and that's exactly where it shows up there as well. So don't be looking for GTK term because you won't find it. You have to look for a serial port terminal. But while you were doing that, I was looking in the software center under Linux Mint uh-huh. and there there's another software, there's another terminal application for X um called Cute Term. C U T E T E R M.
0: Yeah, I forgot all about that. I probably should have stuck it in the etherpad. Um, the only problem with Qterm is, uh, well, the reason I didn't mention it here is because it didn't get put on. It didn't get put on when I first ran across it. If you are running KDE, uh, you probably want to use Qterm. I didn't install it and take a look at it simply because I'm a GNOME guy that's why I'm having so much trouble finding a new distribution that doesn't have that new crap on it. And, um, uh, <laughs> Oh, this, this uh, isn't
1: cute QT. This, this is a, uh, this is a Gnome app. Yeah. Cute C U T E C O M. And, uh, it, it installs, you know, from the software center and as an app get dash install, it shows up under other on my menu under cute C U T E C O M. And uh, it has a lot of the features of some of the other programs we talked about. It is an, an X application, so you don't have to open a terminal window. I don't particularly like the look of it. I mean, it's pretty easy to configure. Everything's done basically with drop-down menus. And if you happen to like a split screen, split input and output screens, this is probably the application for you because none of the other ones do that. They put input and output all together. Um, but if you're looking for one that splits input and output kind of like the way fl digi works when you're sending and receiving psk then you might be interested in CuteCom. so that's uh, just another option i guess
0: and there you have it and the, the deal is with the uh, any of these if they do end up getting installed or they're in the menu and you don't like what it says go change it that's the beauty of linux beauty of linux all right well i think we've uh pursued all the non-rambling options that this particular subject uh, allows. So y'all hang on a minute and we'll be right back. right kids we're back we're we're heading down to the wire yeah i guess i need to pick something else to say when we come back from the the second musical interlude other than we're coming down to the wire so uh let's see
1: feedback we ain't got no feedback i've got feedback what the hell happened did you not get huh you got feedback you got feedback from sean ac0vd which is a rather unfortunate call sign but
2: yeah.
0: Sean who?
1: Sean, AC Zero VD. I D. I don't have that. About Badgers? I don't think I do. Came in on December twenty ninth. Let me look.
0: Yes, we are a model of organization here. December twenty ninth,
1: do you say? December twenty ninth, I say, at eight thirty in the evening
0: because i a drunk i don't see it let's look
1: down here okay well let me go through this one real quick because it doesn't really need a lot of discussion or anything like that we got an email from sean alpha charlie zero victor delta and as i said that's a bit of an unfortunate call sign but oh well he says i found this completely by chance and thought you gentlemen should definitely know about its existence HTTP colon stroke, stroke, dot badger, com. Be sure oh, to, one. yeah, that one. Be sure to have one hand on the volume as the page contains a flash animation that plays right away. Well, I have to say, Sean, that we've heard about this a long, long time ago. And in fact, that's sort of the genesis of the badger for Linux in the Handshack.
0: In fact, uh, I think we played the music.
1: I believe we did. Uh, that's, that's where the whole badger thing sort of came from for Linux in the Ham Shack was the whole badger snake flash animation from way back when.
0: Don't forget the mushrooms.
1: Oh, in the mushrooms. That's right. Uh, he says, don't ask me what or why I have no idea, but the Linux link was interesting. Seven, three Sean, AC zero VD. Now the Linux link that he's talking about is at the bottom of the page and it's a link to how to install Linux on your dead badger. Now that's an article that was sort of a humorous article, That was posted several years ago, and I remember it from back when I was in college, I think, or maybe it was a little later than that, but I certainly remember it from a long time ago. It's it's a rather amusing read, so if you want to check out badgerbadgerbadger.com and check out the Linux, installing Linux on your Badger down at the bottom, uh, it's a bit of a fun read. But uh, yes, we are aware of the Badger song, That's, that's sort of how we came up with it, and there you go. Anything else you want to contribute before we move on?
0: Ooh, a snake, a snake. <laughs> mushroom, mushroom. <laughs> <laughs> Be careful clicking on them animations, though. There's one about, uh, this is my horse. And I, uh, though I find it quite amusing, the wife does not approve.
1: <laughs> I like the one about Kenya, too. I gotta say, that one's very catchy.
0: And there you have it. So, Yes. Thank you. It, it was almost a badger popping out the top of the, the shack on the logo. And it
1: just did not happen. Yeah.
0: Plus we have to have something to put over when Richard says bad words.
1: Bad. <laughs> bad. Uh, let me, let me run through this one real quick too. While we're talking about stuff. Um, Elon Rabinovich, <laughs> 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 I'm not trying to cut you off. I just want to get through this one. Cause it's an apology. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, Elon Rabinovich, who's associated with the Southern California Linux Expo, otherwise known as Scale, sent us both a live uh, support email from the website and a voice email or voicemail asking that we play promotions for the Southern California Linux Expo, which I was more than happy to do. Unfortunately, as of the time of this recording, the Southern California Linux Expo was last weekend, as in a couple of days ago. And the episodes that were supposed to be released before it happened did not get released. Therefore, there's really no point in my promoting it. So I do apologize that I was too slow in getting the episodes out to publicize the scale conference out there in San Diego. But I will definitely make a point to do that for next year. And I'm actually hoping to go to scale next year. I think that would be a lot of fun. Uh, apologies to Elon and everybody associated with scale. We'll try and do better next time. Well, that sucks. Yes, I know.
2: No, 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 no,
0: no, no. See, I would have been in such a hurry to go ahead and do that one had I known that it was not apology to us. It was apology from
1: us. Oh, I see. I don't mind apologizing when I do something wrong. Bad Russ. Yes. My bad.
0: Cheryl and Cheryl going to have to wrap you across the nose with a rolled up newspaper. <laughs>
1: She does that more often than you may know since we're talking about stuff yes you said you had something why don't you talk about something
0: well i those of you who occasionally visit the website uh don't just pull things down through itunes or some other thing may have noticed that occasionally richard goes ahead and breaks down and posts article over there or two and um if I feel one is noteworthy enough, and I probably should have read it through because Russ had been attacking my grammar. If I think it's noteworthy enough, I go ahead and post it at all the sites the, the Aries site, the Resonant Frequency site, this site. If I could figure out how to make it show up on Black Sparrow Media, I'd show, make it show up there. I'd stick it on ICQ podcast site, all this good stuff. But generally we're getting good reviews on it what ended up happening was I had a piece of training which I've done it before in the past the same piece of training but this is the first time I actually put the notes down on paper before I did the training and once the training was over with I got to thinking to myself self why don't you go ahead and flesh that out a little so I went ahead and did that and posted it to the three website so We got two comments on the website. The first one is from, and it's very long. Uh, the first one is from, uh, Tim who did not leave a call sign. And Tim says, these tips for talking on the microphone are really golden. Oh, it was about making yourself clear on the radio. If I forgot to mention that. I think for me, one of the most difficult things is to talk slowly when I get excited about a topic, I really speed up my speech considerably. Well, thank you, Tim. And, yes, uh, there's a lot of people that talk really, really fast. And um, Russ gets mad at me for talking so slowly when we're doing the podcast. But I know it's real easy, especially when you got some hearing issues like I do, that uh, if people talk too fast, the words just run together and it sounds like a bunch of sounds. So thank you, Tim. Uh we got one more from Leaf, KC eight R W R. The nitpicker. Now, let's see. It says codes and ciphers are prohibited by part ninety seven. So oh he he picked a sentence out of the thing out of context. And what he said was, actually they are not. They are only prohibited when they are intended to hide the meaning of what is being transmitted. I don't intend to argue with your main point. Certainly people responding to an emergency don't need to be spending time with cryptic cue signals that they don't know. There is nothing wrong with people using them on the bands where they are already the norm and with people whom already are used to them in a non-emergency situation. This has also been an issue for hams trying to make remote control Systems which use public-private keys to verify the sender, such as repeater controllers. As I understand it, the FCC has voided clarifying that one by just interpreting everything as a space station, even if it isn't in space. I don't remember where where I read that that one though. And then he quotes Part ninety-seven to me. What the, look leaf. Kind of like this. If you want to get the point across, you make sure you frame it in a way, especially if you're training people, you frame it in a way that they're not going to try and bite you on it. And if you use cue signals on a phone circuit, you tell everybody on that, listening to that frequency, you are a lid. Now, that's my opinion on it. You can send all hate mail to ka 9 wka at hate dot hate mail at K nine dot com.
1: So what else you got Russ? Okay. So we do have a couple left over that we need to talk about. First is that we got a donation from W Oh, no, we don't do that anymore. Do we, uh, we got a donation from Walter J. So we want to thank Walter very, very much for his donation to the, to the podcast, uh, our future, is assured for at least the next couple of months thanks to that donation. So, thank you Walter. We got one thank more. You. Go ahead.
0: Thank you Walter.
1: Yes, thank you Walter. And we got one more that uh either you can answer this question or Bill can because I don't have the answer, but it's from John KF6EFG, Kilo Fox 6 Echo Fox Golf. And the question is Hi guys. What was the open source podcast mentioned in the last podcast? Are you coming back to the Indiana Linux Fest this year? Thanks for the show, John KF6 EFG. Now I can answer the second question, but I can't answer the first one. Do you have any idea what open source podcast we may have mentioned after episode number 69?
0: Let me give me just a moment. Let me consult my amazing fact book.
1: Okay. And, Bill, if you happen to know the answer to this question, by all means, pipe up and say.
0: Let's see who finds it first. I can't figure out a way to get out of one pad and into the other one.
1: That's a good thing. I, You know, I haven't tried to do that. I'm not sure if there's any real good way, other than actually getting out and going back in, which I'm going to try now. Let's see. Episode number 69.
0: That's like a huge sucky thing.
1: It is a huge sucky thing, but unfortunately... You kind of have to give. You have to kind of have to go with what you're given. And because of the way that Etherpad is free and unencumbered by things like Google and patents and crap like that, we're still going to use it. I don't see anything in there on episode sixty nine.
0: Well, we know it's not encumbered by lack of huge sucky things. Is that seventy two? No, we're working on seventy two.
1: We're working on seventy two. This this um, would have come in after episode number 69. Okay, while well, everybody's uh, queued up the Jeopardy theme and are ans- trying to answer the first question, let me go ahead and answer the second question. And the answer to that question is no, we will not be at least Richard nor I will be at the Indiana Linux Fest. However... We are certainly looking for somebody who could be an ambassador for LHS at the Indiana Linux Fest. So, if that description fits you, please get in contact with us as soon as possible. We would love to have a presence at the Indiana Linux Fest, but unfortunately, I can't make it, and I'm sure Richard can't make it. We'll do what we can, but it's it's not looking good for ILF this year. Sorry about that. Anyway, I know what
0: Dan was. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I know what him was talking about. What's,
1: what was he talking about?
0: Him was talking about AC8JO's, uh, blog page. Are you sure? Yes, because AC, AC8JO is doing a series on Linux and amateur radio. And he started with the introduction on December 19th and we talked about it in the last show.
1: I do remember that. And his website is at ac8jo.us. But
0: that can't be it because we talked about it in episode 71. So let me go back to the files.
1: (laughs) Okay. So, so that wasn't it, John. Sorry about that. Now, if, if you actually hang on and listen to the rest of the show, you might actually hear the answer that you're looking for.
0: The only thing I'm saying that we talked about in episode 69 that he might be referring to would have been the D rats page.
1: Now he seems to indicate that this is an open source podcast. I'm trying to think of any open source podcasts that we may have mentioned in the last, say, three episodes, not counting our own. And honestly, I can't think of one. We didn't talk about tilts. We didn't talk about, well, I'll tell you what. Let me, let me list a couple of the ones that I listen to most of all and, uh, see if any of these are the ones that you're interested in. Some of my favorites are the ICQ podcast which is a ham radio podcast over in England. Uh, As open source podcasts, I like Tux Radar, which is also from England. The Linux Outlaws, also from England and or Germany. Tilts, the Linux Link Tech Show, that's an American broadcast. Going Linux, which we've already talked about, but I'm sure we haven't talked about Going Linux in the recent past, except for this episode.
0: Because we were rambling.
1: Yeah, because we were rambling. Uh, there's the practical amateur radio podcast, but that's not an open source podcast, so, uh, honestly, I'm at a loss. Um, I can't think of one other than the ones I've just mentioned that we may have talked about in the recent past. Apologize if those are not the answer you're looking for. Maybe we should go back and actually listen to those episodes, but if we figure out what it is, we'll let you know. Certainly. Yep.
0: Cause I've scanned all the files and everything else and I've slept since we did that show.
1: Anyway, that one was from what KF six EFG. So if we if we figure out what you're talking about, John, or if you want to email us and clarify what you think we were talking about, we'll try and get you an answer. But for right now, we don't know. So sorry about that.
2: Yep.
0: No, we didn't talk about Mintcast. We talked about them tonight because we was rambling.
1: We tried not to talk about Mintcast because one of their uh, one of their guys was in our chat room and. I saw a thing or I got a Google alert from some guy from Linux Mint talking about Linux in the ham shack and doesn't mention us at all. So I don't want to talk about him. Uh huh. That's right. And I'm not going to talk about him because he's kind of a, you know, a dick, maybe. I don't know. Douchebag. You know what? K8WDX. Not to mention any names or call signs. Who? K8WDX. Never heard of him. That's uh, okay. He probably doesn't listen to the show, so he's not going to, he's not going to take offense at what we just said.
0: He need to be careful. He doesn't need me to go medieval on him. I like Larry and Tom and, and when, the, the, when is
1: that? Oh, no, no. This, this has to do with Linux Mint. This has nothing to do with going Linux. And we have a list. We have a, uh, one of the, one of the broadcasters, one of the co-hosts of the Mintcast listens to our show and he's actually in the chat room. And that's the, that's Harrison, the guy from Canada, Victor Echo 2 Hotel Kilo Whiskey. Mintcast? Never heard of it. you never heard of Mintcast? Oh, that's a shame.
0: Actually, I used to listen to Mintcast avidly, but then I had to start cutting back on podcasts because (laughs) I'm I'm not... I used to have a lot of time driving and even working. I could wear a media player and all that good stuff.
1: And I don't know. There's uh, a few podcasts out there that kind of go off on tangents every once in a while. And I had to cut those out of my playlist. There you have it. Yeah. But
0: actually with me, mint, where mint Cast was concerned, I was about to cut it out because of the discrepancy in volume levels. But when the new crew came on and they got everything evened out, it sounded pretty good. But unfortunately, when it got cut due to time constraints, that one, that one ended up in the list. In fact, the only, only two things I really have time to listen to anymore are, uh, are, uh, astronomy cast, the history of Rome and the other one.
1: Oh, and by the way, if Larry hasn't already put our podcast in the bit bucket, we are just having fun on you guys. Don't (laughs) (laughs) we this is not, uh, we're not attacking you. We're just trying to joke around. So,
0: you know, he knows we're messing with him. I hope so.
1: I hope if, I hope he got this far.
0: (laughs) You know, he knows I'm that way. Okay. If he, if he, if he feels bad, he'll send me an email. He's got my email address. No, he doesn't. He has the old email address.
1: All right. Anyway, that's all I've got. So I think we're done. Okay.
0: Y'all send me big money, lots of money. I need lots of money. Send money, send money, 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 money. Doesn't have anything to do with a podcast. You send Richard some money. Don't print it yourself. Don't send me none of that gay money from south or north of the border.
1: Oh, I have to do, I do have to address one thing. The, uh, the Dalton Hamfest in Georgia that's coming up next month. Uh, what does that
0: have to do with
1: money? It doesn't have anything to do with money except, well, it sort of does. Anyway, um, the Dalton Ham Fest in Georgia, we're not going to be there, but we do have an ambassador, our very first ambassador, who's going to represent LHS at Ham Fest and or Linux Fest is going to happen at the Dalton Hamfest. Uh So look for Linux in the Ham Shack down there if you happen to get a chance to go to Dalton. And uh, let me look up and see when that's actually happening because that might be useful to people. That's actually happening on February 25th, 2012. So we will have an ambassador and a presence at the Dalton ham fest. So if you can get a chance to get down there and talk to our ambassador, please do so.
0: And make darn sure that you send uh, that you uh, get a hold of Russ and sign up for the black Sparrow media feed over at BlackSparrowMedia dot who's it black Sparrow media. We're looking for amateur radio podcasts, Linux podcasts, podcast about badgers hawks uh small furry critters of all kind and even if we can find somebody that has a podcast about the great hobo migration out of dallas anything you could yes
1: now we're getting weird <laughs> anyway if you <laughs> if you have any interest in joining the blacksparrowmedia.net dot net uh internet broadcast network and including your content with our content, we would love to have you. So just send an, uh, an email to info at blacksparrowmedia dot net asking about it. And we'll give you all the details. There's really not much you have to do. There's no money involved. We'd love to have your content though. So let us know.
0: And that's okay. Because it don't matter if you got fur and knuckles or buck teeth. Ain't nobody going to know about it because we're not going to post your picture unless you ask us to do so. And if if it's um, funny enough, then we'll charge money for it because send Richard money. Send Richard money.
1: Don't send Richard money.
0: Money. Money, 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 money.
1: money. Okay. So so since we've spent the last two hours proving uh, Larry correct, why don't we just go ahead and wind this episode up?
0: Okay, we've been going long enough on this. Do we need to start on the ethnic groups? We haven't actually started pissing them off yet.
1: <laughs> just just start getting us out of here because I've already got too much to edit, so go. This has been Linux in the Ham Shack.
0: My name is Richard, KB5JBV, and I would like to wish you all a good evening. If you wish to contact me, please send an email to kb5jbv at Gmail dot com k b five j b v at gmail dot com or send me a message on one of the social networks I am available at facebook twitter identica, and several others online, and with that, I will hand it off to Russ so he may give you his information
1: well, I'd like to make them this the most soulful sign off ever, but I just can't do it sorry. okay i'm russ k5 tux you've been listening to linux in the ham shack episode number 72 recorded on january 24th 2012 you can send me an email at k5 tux at lhspodcast.info you can send us both an email at the same time at info at lhspodcast.info you can leave us a voicemail at 1909 LHS Show, which I believe is 1909 547 7469. You can go to LHSpodcast.info for all the information about the show. Leave us a comment on any of our posts, send us a donation, do any of those cool things that other podcast listeners might do. You can uh, find me on all the social media networks out there on the internet from Identica to Twitter to Facebook to Google Plus to whatever it is that is out there now, except for Diaspora because I haven't gotten on there yet. I'm JR Woodman on all of those places except for seven where I'm 5 tux And can you tell I've done this way, way too many times. Anyway, thanks to all of our live listeners in the chat room and all of the listeners who are going to hear this after the fact. This has been episode 72 of Linux in the Hamshack, and I'm Russ from Studio 1N, Between the Peaks, in the Grand Tetons of North Central Arkansas. And I'm going to send it back down to Heartland, Texas, where Richard is gonna say,
0: Well, we are about to board the ark, and I will
1: hopefully.